It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. And it is another week of the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast right here at WaitingForNextYear.com and the Evergreen Podcast Network. Matt and Todd with you. The roller coaster continues for this baseball team. Was win, lose seven, win three. Uh, Todd, I can't keep up with all the streaks. Uh, Tito said after yesterday's game, it kind of needs to come to an end, and they need to, be, need to be playing more consistently. But we are, as always, brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and Breaking Tea t-shirts at BreakingTea.com slash dairy. What a weekend. A sweep of the A's 10 and 12. The Cleveland Guardians, Todd, are only one of six teams in the American League with a positive run differential. There's that. It was, listen, there's a lot to be excited about. I don't like the you know the doom and gloom the up and down this is the youngest team in baseball and i think that a lot of our fans have to take a step back and realize that they are the youngest team in baseball and this is about development and working on building something to the next couple of years when your top prospects brian rocchio and george valera and the like those guys are ready to contribute that's when you're what you're building for so you got to take a step back and look at it in, along those lines and enjoy what you have i mean oh god we, you sound like seeing, you sound like paul dolan i know when i said enjoy it i thought about I, when i said enjoy what you have i thought about enjoy it if i have to see it by the way if i have to see another you, you, luckily for you you don't have to see all this garbage every single game i see four different Republican primary commercials, although it's tomorrow, so then we won't have to worry about it anymore. But, but enough, uh, I, Yeah, I, big, big I, day, I, big day tomorrow, huh? Big day for the Dolan family, huh? Yeah, there you go. All right, but anyways, it's, <laughs> it, I'm just saying there's a lot to get excited about. I mean, the development we are seeing between, and we'll talk about him in a second, Andres Jimenez, Josh Naylor, Owen Miller, you're starting to see a little bit of separation of guys who should be in there every day and deserve to be in there every day. And the separation from guys like Bobby Bradley and Logan Allen, uh, you know, who have shown that they're not ready to contribute and not players that they can count on. So they were just DFA'd. So, you know, they, they, they've, they're, they're doing what we've wanted them to do, which is play the kids. They're finally doing it. So I know they just swept Oakland. It was great. And it's a, they're in the, the middle of the stretch where it was two wins, two losses. Or, I'm sorry, two losses, four wins, three losses, three wins, seven losses, three wins. I mean, I know it's an up and down, but that's what's going to happen with these kids. It, it's just going to happen. So let's, before everybody starts, you know, freaking out, let's take a step back. It's been less, than, basically less than a month of baseball. And there's some things that I like. I, no, I, I there, don't know about you, but. there are, there are, and, and you look at it and you go, 
I mean, I wanted them to be 500 at a, at the end of April. They ended up being 9 and 12 because the road trip through New York against the Yankees and the Angels. I mean, the Anaheim baseball games were just brutal. It was bad baseball. It was not moving runners over. It was guys missing cutoff men. They couldn't catch the ball in the Quantrill start. Errors everywhere. Uh, runners left on base. Uh, blown saves. I mean, it was everything. And the fact of the matter was, you go into Oakland, you're like, oh my gosh, we never win there. I don't care if they're trotting out a bunch of guys from Sacramento or double-A um, or, or, or even single-A with the uh, Lansing lug nuts. I mean, it, it, it's bad. But they righted the ship, first sweep in Oakland in 22 years, and now they come home for San Diego and Toronto, two of the better teams in all of baseball. So it's not going to get any easier, but at least they're going to play some home games. And I think they figured out a few things, including who should be playing shortstop every day. Yeah, and uh, I have to give you 100% credit on this. You have never wavered off of your feelings towards Andres Jimenez. And uh, he has been awesome. And Ahmed Rosario currently has a sore wrist, and they gave him some extra time off, so he didn't play. Did he play Friday night? I can't remember. No, he didn't play at all in this series. So he didn't play this whole weekend. Okay. So Andres Jimenez played shortstop in all three games and was great and delivered all weekend long. If you go back to his numbers from when he started, when he came back up uh, last season, he's really been a high quality hitter. I mean, this is a guy he's using all fields. He should not be a platoon who can't hit lefties because he can. And he's by far your best defensive shortstop, which we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. So I love what I'm seeing for him, and kudos to you for sticking with your guy. Well, he was the the bell of the ball when it comes to the uh, you know uh, redacted ex shortstop trade. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, Ahmed Rosario, he's pretty good. He was a number one prospect." It's like, no, Jimenez. Remember the day of the deal? I'm, I go, they're going to trade Jimenez because I just think he's a, a versatile guy that can play short and second. You know, we need a left handed bat, um, and I li- and I liked him, and I know he got off to a really rough start last year, and after coming back up, he looked pretty decent. But now, like you said, I mean, he's he's hitting the ball hard. And the at-bats are good. I mean, the the 3-2 pitch, the battling at-bat against the A's Friday night, which resulted in the Grand Slam, and the uh, uh, Sue Kelly winning the uh, brand-new Bronco uh, was pretty sweet. And and you see some life now up the middle. You see some better plays. The plays he made behind Class A Saturday afternoon were sick in the ninth inning. And uh, the, I mean, the, 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 the final out, was a, there's, uh, Ahmed's not touching that ball. At short, the last play that that he made to, to to finish the game off, that was that was something. Yeah, that was something. And so, uh, you know, with the way that he's hitting the baseball right now and playing the, the position, I still feel like you know Gabe Arias could be the shortstop of the future, and maybe Jimenez plays second. I don't know, but regardless, right here, right now, the kid looks comfortable, and you know. <laughs> There's no excuse why he shouldn't, like you said, he should be there every day. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to give him a breather at some point, but now with the day off today, not back at it till tomorrow, I, whether Ahmed's healthy or not, I don't care. Andre Jimenez, it's got to be a shortstop come Tuesday night. I am going to go on the limb and say that on Tuesday night, Ahmed's going to be at short, and Jimenez will be at second. I, I just have a bad feeling about it. I don't understand why they will tr- continue to trot him out there. I'm at it short. 
I don't understand how they said they're going to play Ahmed in the outfield, and then they played him on opening day, and the wind was really bad. They made two bad plays, and then they just scrapped it. If the I, I was Ags and I were texting about this last night because he's a big Ahmed guy and he wants him to stick around and thinks he deserves to you know play every day somewhere, not at short, obviously. And I I said to him, and this is think about it: if the weather that day in Kansas City was normal and the wind's not bad, and Ahmed doesn't drop that ball. You think that he's played zero games in left field since opening day? Because I don't. No, no, that was that was a huge play in the that's, game. Yeah. But, the, but, but that's the most ridiculous thing about it. It was a windy day. He made one shitty play, and they completely abandoned their plan. Uh, to, to me, your best – the best way to keep – if you want to keep Ahmed's bat in the lineup – you should have him play left field and have Quan move to right field. Naylor should be playing first, and Owen should be playing second base, and then Jimenez is at short. That's that's your best move. I mean, how, we don't need to see Oscar Mercado against anything other than left-handed pitching. He's fine. Uh, He's fine as a backup. Right. Straw plays every day, and right now the twenty-sixth man is Richie Palacios, who we saw this weekend for the and love him, love it. Really, really great to see him come up and. It was great. It was. Uh, I don't remember what day it was that he came up in in Los in, in uh, Anaheim, and uh, got a hit in his first at bat. And then Andre went up and interviewed his parents for the second at bat, and he got a hit in the middle of the second at bat, which was really a cool thing. Um, he seems like a great kid. Had the big pinch hit, uh, game winning RBI uh, Saturday. Uh, so so you, you know you got options. Ahmed doesn't have to play shortstop. You have plenty of options. So just play him in the outfield. Just go go back to it. It can't be that difficult, right? No, he's a good athlete. He is a good he's athlete, running, and he can run a little bit. Speed. But the problem is, he's not a shortstop. He's not a good one. And you know, the the the, the throwing error in Anaheim early in the week on a, just a oh. routine play. There's just too much of that. I can't see it anymore. And quite honestly, he's not hitting either. Now they're saying that his left wrist has been bothering him since the spring. Well, then IL the guy. I mean, I. You know, again, this team with their injuries. I mean, it's like a Stephen Kwan's day to day, and then he doesn't play till Saturday, um, or maybe it was Friday night he came back. Uh, no, I think it was Saturday was his first no, game. Kwan so Kwan played Saturday. Yeah. So it's just to me right now. I loved seeing Kwan and Palacios out there. It made me smile because it's just like, all right, these are guys we've heard of for a while in the or in the in the system. They're coming up and they're and they're contributing. Neither of them are power bats by any stretch of the imagination. The one power bat we have is like so lost, but oh, ho- God, we'll talk about that. In a hopefully, second. <laughs> he'll get it back. But look, even on days when if if they feel like Franmil can play some right field, then Ahmed should DH. I mean, you know, I may, maybe there's got to be two games a week now where Reyes is in right field. Maybe that's the way to go. And then and then and then uh, Ahmed plays um, Ahmed DHs those days, but. He, I don't want to see him at Rosario every day right now. I'm sorry, they're, they're better without him. Now look at look at and just a, a quick comparison, and and I know again it's it's 19 games for Ahmed and 19 games for Andre Jimenez. Ahmed in 76 at bats has a 5.22 OPS. Okay, in 52 at bats, Andre Jimenez has more hits, 18 to 16, than Ahmed. He's has a 9.29 OPS. It's in 3.46 for God's sakes. I mean, you're gonna sit that guy or move him to to second? No, I mean, not right so now. Ahmed, He's in way so too Ahmed of a groove. Can play. 
Yeah, I mean, and you know what? It's a stone groove. I th- it is. A, it was a stone groove all weekend. Can I tell you something though? I think for the first time in the Tito era, we are finally seeing that the front office has kind of dictated to him that this is what's going to happen, because the Tito I know would not have played all these kids. You know what I mean? I think he gave the Brian Shaw one time in the seventh inning as as the setup man, and it didn't work. And now all of a sudden you look up, and it's Trevor Steffen out there, uh, you know, pitching in front of Class A. Shaw's been relegated to more of a mop-up role, which is what he I, – I want – if he's on the roster, I'm fine with it, just as long as he's not pitching in high leverage. But my point is I, I have a feeling that, that Tito's influence on the – everyday lineup is not as great as it once was do you agree or disagree with me on that uh i mean he's still playing mercado too much but i think that's because tito views mercado as more of a veteran i mean even the other night like on friday he took owen out of the game in the seventh inning for defense and put mercado in and then mercado ended up getting in at bat i'm like why are you taking him out but it was more of a move to move naylor from right to first naylor is not a hundred percent He's, no, he shouldn't he's, be playing the outfield. He's constantly he's wincing with his leg. He's he's constantly wincing. He's not 100%, yeah. but he's gutting it out. He's doing a great job. i got to be he's honest. Hit, and he's hitting the shit out of the ball. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been great, too. He has. So um, it, yeah. we're finding some things out, but I think that – I still think there's – Tito still sprinkles in some of his, uh, you know, veteran love when he puts Mercado in games, when he puts Shaw in games. I still think <laughs> – it's some of that's there, but yeah, he, I mean, the Ahmed, we'll find out with the Ahmed thing. I mean, if they say Ahmed's healthy and all of a sudden he's back at shorts up on Tuesday, I would think that would be more of a Tito move than a front office move. We're going to find I'll out. You, and I'll tell you another interesting thing that'll come up in this business sidebar. You know, right now they, they had to get the roster down to 26 and they DFA'd both Logan Allen and Bobby Bradley, who were worthy of DFA. But you they both, they both, blow, they both blow. And listen, uh, I, I, I said this a million times on a personal level. Bobby Bradley is an A plus human being, and I hope he goes somewhere else and and finds himself and and makes himself into a viable major leaguer. But he had a million chances to do it here. He just strikes out way too much. It's it's not like he's some great defensive player either. This isn't Casey Kochman over there at first base where you can. Oh, <laughs> nice. I mean? Oh yeah. Where's Mitch Moreland, by the way, these days? Is he I still I still think he's unsigned. I know Travis Shaw just got uh, DFA'd by the Red Sox, who, by the way, are terrible. I I'm fine be. with you know. I, I'm not saying I want either of those guys. No, but, you no, know, no. I'm, I'm I'm happy with the way we have a, we have a thousand them. first basemen. We're fine. Yeah, uh, uh, but but Yu Chang's going to be activated at some point, and the only other option that they can do other than DFAing you, is sending down Ernie Clement, who I believe has a big utility role on this team. I mean, I know he's not hitting that well, but he plays every position on the diamond for the most part, except for catcher. And I know Tito loves him. It's going to be interesting to see what they do, because Yu's been around a long time, too, and it's not like he's been you know, great by any stretch of the imagination either. But, I mean, you could always send Palacios down, but then... Or you could trade Ahmed for a relief pitcher. Well, you and I have been talking about that for a while, and Ahmed is the obvious trade candidate. And I also think, by the way, when we're talking about all these moving parts, I'm fine with Gabe Arias staying down and playing every single day. Um, he, he's struggling a tad. I mean, I know he came up, he played in those two games, and he started, and it was great, but he's still only 21 years old. He's very young for, for AAA, 
And right now, the way Andres Jimenez has, has taken a hold of that shortstop position, both with the bat and defensively, there's no reason to rush Arias. You just don't no, need to. No, and apparently he got hurt yesterday in Columbus. I don't, I don't have any report, yeah. uh, reports from my uh, uh, insiders yet, my minor league people, but uh, sounds like he got removed from the game in Columbus yesterday. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, right now you've got to ride. The, I mean, Owen Miller looks like a player right now. Andres Jimenez looks like a player right now, and so does, and so does Naylor. And then, of course, Quan, Quan does and Straw. So you're like, all right, we're building something around Jose Ramirez here. If they could just get Fran Mil Reyes going, then we could have a discussion. Oh, my God. So speaking of Fran Mil, so, you know, just looking at OPS numbers from, I remember last year, they had two guys who were over 750 last year, just two, which is pathetic. And that was Fran Mil and J-Ram. Right now, You've got J-Ram over 11, you know, 1.128. It's MVP. Over, it's MVP numbers. He, he, it, look at his numbers. I mean, he is, what a beast. Seven homers, 28 RBIs. He's got he's got a, a, over 1,000 uh, OPS. He's only struck out nine times in 82 at-bats. I mean, he is just Unbelievable. Home right? run. But home run. Jose Ramirez. Home run. What a weekend for the broadcast crew. Thank God I could switch over to the A's telecast. All weekend long, I just kept going, home run. Melo Porto. I don't know why. <laughs> but, but going back to the OPS numbers, you got Jimenez at 929. Owen Miller's at 1100. Naylor's at 819. Fran Neal is at 386. How about he has... 38 strikeouts in 79 at bats, and he's currently in a one for 29 slump. With how many? With what? 17 strikeouts or 18? So it's something like that. Eight, 18. I mean, I just. What do, I, you do, what do you do about that? Well, I, I love the fact that Tito Saturday finally waved the white flag and said he's got to sit. Even against the lefty, he sat him, which was the right move because he just is so lost. Now, yesterday, oh. going the other way. And delivering an RBI's two-run single was awesome. Maybe he's – I mean, he did hit the ball in the next at-bat. I know it was a double play ball, but uh, his swing is just so long. And I think it was Jensen Lewis, one of those games Friday, uh, said it. And Dallas Braden said it, too, on the A's broadcast. They're like, my gosh, his swing is so long. If you just throw anything off the plate uh, on, the out, out, on the outer half, he'll, he won't touch it because his swing's too long. So he's just getting, and he's getting behind in every count. And then, like, once he gets down in the count, you could just feel the, the you know, his body language. Yeah, you could just it's feel tough. It's, so it's, it's a brutal game. I mean, when you fail, when you when you fail seven and a half times out of ten, and it's still decent. That's it's tough mentally. It's a tough game, and he just doesn't see the baseball right now. He's trying too hard. You know, he's working at it. You know, he's a good dude, and he's not. You know, sulking or a bad teammate because they went out and won games this weekend, despite, you know, in spite of him to an extent. Although yesterday he helped in the win, I think he's going to be all right. This is this is the first true test for Chris Valeka, the new hitting coach, to kind of get this guy to shorten up, take it the other way, which he did yesterday. But now it's got to be done on a consistent basis. The home runs will come eventually, but my gosh, he's just he's swinging too hard. He's his knees are buckling. It's rough to watch. I've never seen. Can't remember the last time there was this kind of slump with this kind of talented guy going I'm this sure going Travis this long. Had, 
I'm sure Hafner went through a skid like this, like in the later years. And I'm not talking like 06, 07, but like in a couple of years after that, I feel like Hafner went through a skid like this, but it's rough to your point. Yeah. yeah to your point, uh, Felipe has done a nice job with, with Owen Miller and Andre Semenez and, 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 you know, Josh Naylor coming back and, and, you know, it, the offense is just so hot and cold. It's, 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 it's unbelievable because, it doesn't seem like they're playing many close games. It's either like they're blowing people out or they're getting blown out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. They go through these I mean, they go through these hot and cold stretches. You know, the team they played this weekend is not a great judge. I mean, you look at the schedule and you go, man, we got to play Toronto and San Diego this week. Like the schedule's been tough. They got to play the Yankees. You know, the Angels are really good, really good. Yes. So you're like, okay. man, well, their lineup. We talked about this over text all week. That lineup. And and the guy who killed us, Taylor Ward, destroyed us. Yeah, well, he's it, he's destroying everybody. He for, it, you got you got to remember he was a former number one pick that they couldn't find a position for, and he was like a catcher, and then they made him an infielder. That didn't work. They finally put him in the outfield, and he's been he's not just tearing us up. And I know he did destroy us, but oh my god, he was he was Barry Bonds. He, all, he all had a big weekend in Chicago too. So it's not like he, I mean that lineup with Otani who got hurt yesterday, Trout. Exactly. Ward, Walsh, Marsh. Rendon. Yeah, Rendon's yeah, I mean, a former, you know, World Series MVP here. He's not chopped liver, so um They don't Joe Adele they don't even have room to play Joe Adele every day. That was uh, brought up by Jeff Ellis. Would you trade you know, the Angels need infielders, we need outfielders. Would you trade like Ahmed and Ahmed uh, and, and two some, seconds and somebody for Joe Adele? Because Joe Adele's just two, has two a, seconds. You know, yeah. It would take it would literally I mean, you couldn't make that trade go through fast enough in my opinion <laughs> but i like the fact that Quan and palacios are on the corners right now i mean i know palacios oh, is kind yeah. of a palacios is kind of a converted infielder you watch him on some fly balls he's still learning but at least he can move you know he made a really nice play in the sun yesterday it was a real high sky ball and he had his glove up blocking the sun and i thought i'm i'm watching him I'm like he's gonna drop this this is 100 gonna drop and he made he made a nice play it, you know, I love it so much that we're finally getting to see these guys that we've heard about for so long. It's just, it's just so much better than watching like, hey, Domingo Santana. Let's get excited about that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, for for or, or Hanley Ramirez. Ramirez, yeah, brutal. Yeah, like like brutal. Like, just, it's so much more pleasant. I, I'd much rather sink or swim with one of the younger kids than you know, the end of the rope for Hanley Ramirez or, or whoever. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Dairy Brothers Guardians cast here at WaitingForNextYear.com and the Evergreen Podcast Network. Matt and Todd with you. Uh, Guardians 10 and 12, second place. Cleveland Guardians, the uh, Comedy Our Central. Division. Comedy Our Central is, is back. Um, BreakingT.com, by the way, if you want gear for this homestand where Todd Derry will be making his triumphant return uh, to the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, uh, a lot going Four on. Times this week, <laughs> a lot. How many times? Four. Four games this week. I mean, a lot going on in Cleveland. You've got uh, uh, a big Guardians homestand. Liza Fest is coming up. A lot going on in Cleveland. Oh yeah, um, you know it. Uh, also, also Campbell Fest. 
the 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 big Bilski affair coming up very soon. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I'm. Put- I got a back to back weekend. It's going to be a friggin' stone groove all. I got, all the month we of love the Bilskis, but uh, I've been I've been I've been billing up and, and uh, pumping up Liza Fest for for a very long time. <laughs> all right, uh, breakingtea.com slash dairy d e r y. Go there now. People want to uh, wear some Stephen Kwan gear. This guy is on base every game. Get your King Kwan T-shirt at breakingtea.com slash dairy. What about the new Jose, Jose, Jose shirt? The guy's putting up huge numbers and is an MVP candidate. Whatever you like, Browns, Guardians, Cavs, or if you're into other teams and whatever, NFL draft stuff, you can get it at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Put the slash dairy in there. It takes you right to the Cleveland Collection. We love the gear. Todd just got his uh, Kansas Jayhawks National Championship T-shirt from BreakingT.com. All right, uh, sure we got to get what's that? I said I sure did. We got to get the pitching matchups in here. We got to talk about the bullpen. You wrote on the prep sheet yes. here. Bullpen seems loaded. Wow. It does. It, th- think about how intriguing it is right now. Essentially, I don't know if it's loaded, you, but I like it. Uh, here, hear me out for a second. You got right now the way that the the, the roster is currently constructed you have class a obviously pitching in the back end but sandlin and stefan in front of him you're getting two different types of pitchers you know you got sandlin coming from the side very tough to to see the ball coming out of his hand and trevor stefan i mean is oh, this he's, a, he's a different he's, draft picks of all time he's he's a weapon he's a weapon he is i mean you watch his 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 arsenal right now art of pitching if i could quote jim price uh he's he's nasty man he came in yesterday you know ghost had nothing and it's like all right get him out of there it's all of a sudden it's seven to three and there's a couple of runners on and stefan came in and back-to-back k's it was like okay i got this watch this that was pretty impressive he's got nasty stuff and what's great is they had a full year of developing him in lesser roles. I mean, he didn't, it wasn't until September that they gave him like his first chances to pitch, you know, in, in, you know, with roles, you know, in the lead and set up opportunities. And now the, the development, I was listening to Brian Sweeney, the bullpen coach on the pregame show on the radio yesterday. And he said, you know, we weren't allowed to talk to him over, over, um, during the lockout, but he had a plan. He stuck with his plan. He worked harder than, you know, he worked so hard all off season and he came in here as a completely new man in terms of his confidence, his poise, and you can see the difference in his game out there. And he's really, I mean, again, we got him as a rule five draft pick. They'd spent a year developing him and now they got him in a key role and he's just been doing unbelievably well. So between the two of them, I know Ghost had a bad outing yesterday, but that was, you know, he's been pretty good. You can't say, I'll tell you who else has been really, really underrated. Big Sam Henches. He's really, oh boy. now that Sam, but well, let's, let's slow down a little bit. Now he's, that he's locked into his, he's okay. Role, he's, he's okay. He, he, but he now, he's now knowing that he's going to be a reliever. He's not going to be a starter. And he's been much, much better. The, the the command for him, it's always been about his command. Yeah, his command's been much better thus far. And the guy uh, Angel De Los Santos, who uh, came up because of the uh, COVID situations, he looks like a, he's got a serious power arm too. 
I really like what I'm seeing from him. I mean, they, they've thrown him in some tough situations, and I think he's only had one bad outing. So, And then, obviously, you got Brian Shaw, who's a great veteran presence out there who can help you. So I really like how, how the pen is shaking out. And the best part about it is we don't even have to talk about that loser uh, who uh, is currently injured, and we don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to actually uh, be able to grip the ball and throw the ball over the plate. <laughs> I think they still feel like Heron Jack can come back and help. I'll say his name. You don't have to. Who? But I will Who? say, uh, you know. 99. Call him by his proper name, please. I wonder if he watched the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner this weekend. Uh, anyway, so it was uh, some fine comedy. Um, I heard he was uh, campaigning. Oh, I, 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 I heard he was hanging out with. Uh, with he was in Nebraska. At the I'm ra- not going to say it. He, he, was at the, he was in Nebraska at a weekend rally, unnamed rally. But I think that. The key is Stefan and, and Sandlin because those two guys are young. They can pitch a lot. And in games that were winning late in the game, those are the two guys you rely upon to get you to uh, to Manny. So I think that uh, Stefan's been awesome, man. And multiple innings uh, Friday night. I mean, just reliable. And if that's the kind of that's the kind of development that they talk about with you know Guardians pitchers and the the pitching factory and working with you know the the, the all the staff, and obviously um, uh, our man's coming back this week as the Padres pitching coach. Why is his name totally escaping me right now? Uncle Ruben uh, Niebla. Ruben Niebla has been amazing for these guys, and I know they're going to probably love to see him when he comes to town this week. Uh, I'm assuming they're already in town because the Padres are coming from Pittsburgh where they get a day off, so they'll probably all see Ruben today and hang out with him and have dinner with him and all that stuff. The guys love him, but he taught them so much. But the pitching factory might have developed another one with Trevor Steffen, because like you said, the Yankees left him exposed in the draft and the rule five. And all of a sudden, you know, he was former starter kind of toiling at double a and triple a. And now he's a weapon at the end, at the end of that bullet, the back end of that bullpen. I mean, bullpens are weird. I mean, the, the unnamed team has the worst record of the American league, but their bullpen, that's are, a sh- but that's they're, a shame. I know, I know, uh, uh, uh where, where, where's Miggy and where's Miggy yeah. and Morosi with their playoff, uh, proclamations. But, um, no, their ERA is really good for a bullpen, and that's a surprise. So it's you never know. But Stefan and Sandlin leading up to, to Class A will win us some games. So I'm excited about I that. Will, I'm with you on that. I'll say, I'll say this, though. For years and years, and, and this is there, there's no worse way to kill a good team than have a bad bullpen. Somehow this franchise every year seems to piece together a pretty decent bullpen. I mean – if you think about all those years, you know, with Rafi left and Rafi right, I mean, it's not like Rafael Perez and Rafael Betancourt were like highly touted guys that they brought up. Betancourt was like a former converted shortstop that was like DFA'd and they claimed. And he turned into being one of the best setup men that the franchise has ever had. Um, you know, they just, it's, that's just one example, but like it just seems to happen on the fly. I mean, it's year in and year out. They always seem to, they, they always have a core group and then they unearth a guy or two. I mean, we, we talked about that run where they had, where they went from basically like every year was like Matt Albers and then Otero and Atchison. And, and you know, it was always a man shift but one guy every year would always emerge and have like a good year or so, or they'd ride it out for a few years. You know, Nick Goody had that one good year. You know, so it's, it's the Goody it's mob. Tough. They they really do a good job of, of developing bullpens, and and I think you're starting to see that again with this group. I mean, I know it's early, uh, but I really do like what I'm seeing there. So 
they got to get they got to get go they got to get go straightened out because he can be a, a weapon too from he, the left he, side. You know, yesterday but... he needed work and whatever. He, Eli Morgan pitched yesterday. Had pitched in two weeks. He's a great so, he's a great guy to have out there because he can go multiple yeah. innings and if he need, need an emergency start and he can kind of you know he's he's pretty I mean, good you know, he's pretty good. I'm actually surprised that they've kept him up at this point. Um, just from a you want to have a six starter just in case someone gets hurt. Uh, and, and right now, if Eli's not fully stretched out, I mean, I guess the way, you know, bullpens are now and you, you know, you you can use him as an opener. He only needs to really go three innings or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, if, if someone were to get hurt, Eli would be the first guy that you would put in the rotation. I would imagine. I know they sent Pilkington back down and they're stretching him back out. Uh, Cody Morris is still hurt. So you can't count on him. Um, but I do love Eli, and I think that he can be some sort of a weapon for two innings, too, with his, uh, you know, the way he pitches. Plus, you know, Brooke loves him, so it's good to have him around. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is Eli following uh, her on Instagram? She follows him, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, all right, pitching matchups, and we'll wrap this thing up, but... Um... Uh, so they're back at it Tuesday night. What what a, what a what a what a scene here as as BFFs. Oh, I can't wait. BFFs and Chicago bar hopping buddies Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesac are facing each other Tuesday night uh, at Dolan Field uh, as the return of Clevenger and the Padres come to town. That should be interesting. Uh, Wednesday, at one. Uh, yeah, I'll be there with uh, Doctor Borland, and I will be in attendance. Oh, ah, there you uh, go. Hope it's of course in natural Cleveland fashion. They send San Diego here for one trip for two games, and it's supposed to be eighty percent chance of rain on Tuesday. Oh, really? So oh, don't geez. wouldn't shock me if Wednesday's a doubleheader. Oh, jeez. Uh, Wednesday yeah. afternoon, Cal Quantrill against Mackenzie Gore. He of the one seventy six ERA, just a nasty left hander that uh, is real young, and they've waited on and. He's, He's a top prospect in baseball for a couple years. Yeah. Then the Blue Jays come in. Toronto is uh, playing very well. First place in the AL East. Um, I got to see them firsthand. That's the re- oh, by the way, the return of Bradley Zimmer. Oh, you think they'll have a video for him? No. I'm just kidding. Uh, from what we hear from our uh, sources inside of the uh, clubhouse, no. Uh, Aaron Savali on Thursday night. Let's see if he can get it together. Against Jose Barrios, Friday Shane Bieber and Kevin Gossman. That should be a beauty of a matchup. Oh, Gossman's been I will pitching be great. There Friday night. Oh, I'll be there. Me and Brooke will be there Friday night. Saturday Tristan McKenzie against Ross Stripling, uh, who's been you know pretty good for them. And then uh, Sunday, Zach Plesac and Alec Manoa. He of the one sixty four ERA. Um, he's excellent. He's really, really yeah, good. Yeah, Dan Schulman on Twitter the other day was just talking about, is this the best young arm in the game? And it's like, well, people say, well, it's between Manoa and Gore, and we're seeing both of them this week. <laughs> well, so, it's going to be an interesting week, but this Plesak-Clevenger matchup, it's going to be something else. I mean, they're really good friends. You know, basically, Clevenger moved his way out of town when he and Plesak went out during COVID, and then they both came back and lied about it. And it was kind of the final straw with Clevenger and his as, as great of a pitcher as he was, his his antics and the, the off the field stuff was quite a distraction. And he was coming up, you know, on his big payday. And so you look back now, and perhaps the uh, executive producer for making me miss, or making us bring this up. Look at that trade now for Clevenger. Clevenger's making his first start of the season 
for the Padres. I think he made one or two two years ago and sat out all of last year. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I think it was only a handful of stars. Only yeah, I, I think, think it was I, only one or two. I think you're right. Then he got time. Then he had to have Tommy John surgery. So yeah, because yep. he had Tommy John surgery for the second time. And you look up, and you're going to look at this lineup for the, for the Guardians on Tuesday night, and you're going to have Austin Hedges behind home plate, who came over in that trade. You're going to have Josh Naylor, most likely at first base, who came over in that trade. Uh, and you, you got Gabriel Arias, the shortstop of the future, in that trade. Cal Quantrill, who is starting on Wednesday, came over in that trade. I mean, it, it is – you want to talk about a steal of a deal. I mean, it looked, that, that was some when, – when they got all of those guys. Yeah, you never you know, think all lot, of them would be playing. I mean, it's crazy. No, especially this fast. But also, you know, you get when, – when, when a deal like that happens and it's quantity – more than quality because you know everyone's like oh they didn't get Mackenzie Gore they didn't get C.J. Abrams you know the, the real true top prospects in that uh, organization but in the end you basically have four guys who are part of your future and three who are already here and playing every day it's pretty amazing it is and you know we we, we kind of bust on hedges because he can't hit much but uh, the catcher the pitchers love throwing to him and um you know, in a lineup that at times can look challenged offensively, if he's your nine guy or eight guy, it's not the end of the world. I mean, he really does block a lot of balls, and he really does do a great job back there. And also, uh, the leadership, though, don't forget about that. They love him. We hear that. We <clears throat> oh, yeah. hear that from everyone about what a great leader he is, and and what a great dude he is too. So that can't be discounted. Like you said, though, if our if this if this offense clicks on all cylinders as is hitting. Who, who cares if Hedges is hitting, you know, ninth and hitting 182 or whatever it is? You know, it doesn't matter. He's he's as good of a receiver back there as you're going to find in the league, and the guys love throwing to him, and that's just as important. Yep, no, there's no question about it. All right, uh, have fun this week as uh, we're done. Another edition of the uh, Dairy Brothers of Guardians. Hold on, before you go, before you go. Yeah. We have to give a special shout-out. Yeah. What are you eating, by the way? I'm not eating anything. You're, you're drinking. You're drinking something. Drink. All right, I was. So I was your, <laughs> what do you your, got? Your son, your son, the great Jace is turning 21 years old this week. Correct. On Wednesday. Not crazy. So, have to give a special shout out to the fact that he is 21 years old makes me feel as old as, as possible, and uh, he's doing a great job. He's a great kid. Special shout out to our boy. The great Jace. And also my niece, Allie, whose birthday is today, turned 12. She's a regular listener of the podcast. No joke. Really? They listen. It, yes, she is. All right. We'll take band. it. Her, her, her and auntie, they love listening. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So, yeah. So, happy birthday to my nephew and my niece. How about I that? Both. Oh, I love yes, it. Sir. I love it. They'll, uh, I will have to let them know to, uh, you got to let them know to both make sure they hear the shout outs at the end of the show. That shows dedication when you're 33 minutes in or whatever we are, and uh, and they're listening. But, uh, all right, get some wins this week. Won't be easy. But, uh, by the way, I said Blue Jays are in first place. They're actually in second, but they have the second-best record in um, the American League after the Yankees, who all of a sudden have uh, heated up since playing us. They've won nine in a row. Gee, I was going to say, big surprise. All they needed was to see us to turn it around. I swear this happens every single year with them. They struggle. We hear how bad they are. They bad. Then, then we come to town, or they come here, and they kick our ass, and then they 
take off from there. But I will be down for all you people. I'll be down Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon, Friday night, and Sunday afternoon. So Beautiful. Beautiful. Is that Sunday game a one? Is that one forty again? Yes, it is one forty. Interesting. All right. Uh, should we break down the Browns draft? Uh, let's talk about some. Uh, that, yeah, I I have nothing. I didn't watch a second of it on. Uh, uh, they didn't have a pick Thursday, so I watched that. Friday, I was indisposed, as you know. And uh, Saturday, I, I'm not going to watch rounds, you know, five through eight or whatever. You know, good for them. I hope they do a great job. And, you know, <laughs> here we go, brownies. Here we go, woof woof. <laughs> that ESPN coverage was rough on uh, Thursday. Uh, yeah, I, I turned it on. I saw it was Greenberg, and I switched immediately. To oh, Alabama. hey now. All right, uh, Dairy Brothers Guardians cast from WaitingForNextYear.com on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Thanks to the Center for Advanced Dentistry, CFAD.net, and also BreakingTea.com slash dairy for the T-shirts. Um, that'll do it for us. We are out of room and out of here. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs)